So, a uh, little heads up in case it continues to be an issue or becomes a worse issue or something crazier happens. Uh, my internet is being goofy again. It kind of comes and goes. We are rolling with it. That is the first piece of information. The second piece of information is we are actually recording three days, four days after our last recording. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I needed, uh, I have to go for a bunch of tests and stuff so i'm gonna be spending the night at my parents house the night we normally record and we have a bunch of other stuff already like planned in for the week so it was either today or tuesday (laughs) yep and since i have trivia which i have gotten second place now uh, i want to try to win it i I didn't want to move it and justin's like well we can do monday and i was like (laughs) all right uh so here we are this is coming out the day you guys just heard the Seventh Seal review. Oh, shit. Yeah, and, that's right. I didn't think about that. <laughs> and I think it's actually fitting because we have an email yes. about the Seventh Seal. And it comes from our patron, Eddie. Good day, gentlemen. In an effort to add something to the incredible lineup you have constructed this season, I am writing to you with some thoughts about the first film, The Seventh Seal. This is a film which everyone should know is a classic among classics. May not be horror, but it is certainly religious. The basic theme of a knight, Antonius Bloch, Mars von Sydow, returns from the Crusades questioning his faith. Having devoted ten years to fighting for his god and having seen some shit, obviously he is doubting that decision. Returning home as the Black Plague is spreading across his homeland adds to his meditations. The central question he ruminates on is, how do you keep faith when God never responds? It is God's silence in a world falling apart that has him questioning the meaning of his own faith. He wants proof, just something to make his faith seem worthwhile. Of course, it isn't really faith if you need proof. Writer-director Igmar Bergman cleverly juxtaposes the Squire character John against that of his main character. John, who has also been with Antonius through it all, but he is still full of light and not doubting at all. He still makes songs praising God, even as the world rots around him. Justin just zoomed it on himself and it threw me off. Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> he, it's okay. I was like, I was like, it's like, uh, like one of the scenes from like one of those thrillers. Where it's zoom, zoom, zoom. Uh, he intervenes to stop even and is loyal to his Lord, not only having faith in God, but in his ruminating night also. This film is famous because of the inclusion of the character Death, who through a game of chess with the lead reminds us that Death is always close at hand. The fact that Death cheats and can't be cheated is a wonderful metaphor. Early in the film, when Death poses as a priest and hears Bloch's confession and discovers his strategy in the chess game, or later implying that the baby of the actors may at, may be at threat to throw Bloch off his game, he cheats. Then when Bloch upsets the board, we see that Death knows where every piece was at that moment, reminding us we can cheat Death even though it is not fair with us. I don't think Bergman is trying to answer the question about God's silence and the human's need to have or to not have faith. I think more he is raising the questions people who believe have struggled with since we created our myths. As a faithless atheist, I have always been interested in what allows people to have faith in what appears to me a godless universe, so this film is interesting to me. Now, you may need a palate cleanser after this one, so let me suggest this. And Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. There is a bit where death visits a dinner party. So here you go. Peace. I appreciate it. So we don't get yeah, copyright I... stroke. 
I will definitely watch that, but we probably shouldn't include it so we don't get in trouble. But no. <laughs> yeah, good Thank call. you, Eddie. I re- we really appreciate it. Uh, like when Eddie mentioned that he had seen this seven times. Yes. I we as we asked him to do it, but we kind of asked him a little bit too late because he's been on vacation, and that was when he reached out to us and got us that. But it was just just a little bit after we recorded. So, um, there it is. And thanks to our our patron. So Justin, now that we have a little bit of show notes out of the way, it's only been mm-hmm. a few days. But what's been new with you? Um, new with me. Okay. Uh, I've been playing Splatoon 3, which I got from Nintendo to do review for, for, uh, Forever Classics with Alex there. Um, there was announced today that there's a Nintendo Direct tomorrow mm-hmm. and a Sony State of Play tomorrow. I saw that. Jimmy yeah. posted that. Yeah, actually, I so I got an email from my Sony PR guy, and uh, I replied with, be ready to uh, receive lots of emails from me tomorrow, because he kind of hinted at what it, what it is. Um, so I'm really excited for that? that. Anyways, yeah, so there is going to be a Sony State of Play, as well as a Nintendo Direct. The big rumor for the Nintendo Direct is that uh, a, we're going to be getting the next model of Switch, which has been like rumored for years and years and years. Um, but it's going to be coming out day and date with uh, Breath of the Wild 2, uh, which is like March 2023, which would also make sense because March 2017 is when the original Switch released with Breath of the Wild 1. Uh, the other big thing that's supposedly coming this winter is... Uh, uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess to the Switch. So, yeah, you told me that this morning and made my day. Yeah, so I I wasn't sure because I so I one of the things I did this weekend is I uh, my son wasn't feeling well, so I modded my Wii and I was like, oh, I'll just put out because we had been talking a little bit, and he mostly plays like Lego games and stuff, so he wants to like he wants to a man of taste. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, he's the dude, Lego games are the most fun in the world. The... I have I have played Harry Potter Lego. <laughs> Over and over and over yes, again. Yes, he has 100 and... Is it 100 or 101% in Lego Harry Potter? I think it's 101. Yeah, 100% in the Skywalker Saga. Uh, like I still need to get that. I'm waiting for that to go dude, on sale. He's, it's, it's fucking wild how much this kid plays Lego games. Uh, anyways. It's it's so much fun. But he, he wants to start like going on to other things, so I suggested, oh, well, if you... I think Zelda is a really good so stepping stone for my, my thing is that I... I, a lot of people care about like kids and video games. I really don't. Um, but my thing was, if you want to play a game, it's gotta be. It's, it has to have something that you have to read, so you are at least developing your reading skills. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's how I got better at reading with my brother making me read everything in fin- the original Final Fantasy. So that's kind of like my my whole thing. We've discussed that before. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I will let you play more video games than you do, but it's gotta be. A game that has writing, like you, so you actually have to physically read it. You have to read all the words out loud, and it's got to be, it's, and it has to be like a, a, like an adventure or like an RPG kind of game. So I know that there will be like lots of writing and stuff. So we kind of narrowed it down. He wants to try Paper Mario and uh, Wind Waker. Like the original. Does he like drawing? Drawing? I'm not mm-hmm. making him play Scribble Knots. <laughs> No, 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 no. One of my first gaming experiences I ever had was the original Zelda. 
Yeah. Um, and my dad, he had like surveying graph paper. Oh, the like graphing your map out. No, he's yeah. no, he's not gonna do that. <laughs> and that was actually one of my one of my my, my favorite gaming moments is we did that. Interesting. And like when there was dungeons, we would open it up and it would open up into that map. But like each piece of grid paper was a piece of the map was like a new screen. Okay, interesting, interesting. And it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was like a yeah. lot. Of, it, I didn't realize at the time, but it, I, it was a lot of like really good things like like math and reading obviously and dimensions and stuff yeah see that's the thing is like he already reads above his grade like his like grade level so i really he's good at math and he likes to read and he likes math so i'm like you can fucking play all the games you want he's ready for final fantasy i've tried to push that but i think so my only concern is that final fantasy there's always like some heavy heavy dark themes in it I don't really want to. Not one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I want him to play like a really, really fun one. So I like, I thought about starting him on six, but I was like, oh no, that's super that's dark. dark. Yeah. That's like yeah. super dark. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait, see where he's at. See, I'm going to, he wants to play. I two. was middle school, middle school before I played my first Final Fantasy. I was the first time I completed my first Final Fantasy would have been 1998. Or six. Yeah, you were ahead. You were ahead of me because like, my first Final Fantasy was ten. Oh, mine was uh, three at the time. That's the first one yeah. I beat. Um, but anyway, so he he we have this list of games that he wants to go through, uh, but they're all for cool. like GameCube and Wii. So I just modded my Wii and we sat there and played that. And that's when I looked up the fact. And apparently, the big rumor right now that's like been put out there by a couple of, of like good leakers. Reputable people. Yeah, reputable people. Reputable people is that the the Nintendo Direct next week is going to have these. So I'm hopeful. I my hope is my hopes are high. I know they're going to be dashed as always, but I I have hope. Um, other than that, I watched the right black cat. Uh, I started watching Hellraiser Revelations. I think I don't know whatever the 2011 one is. God, that movie is going to be a slog. Um, I'm an I have an hour left in the Song of Susanna. Uh, that book just continues to be rough. But I'm kind of ending the near point, so it's getting a little better. And um, I watched episode three of Game of Thrones, not episode four yet. <laughs> I literally just watched before we recorded. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I've heard there's uh, some incestuous stuff in Sweet it. Sweet home Alabama. Yeah. That's, that's correct. I, I've heard, I have heard that it goes back to good old Game of Thrones. <laughs> not even good old Game of Thrones. It goes back to old school Game of Thrones. <laughs> Cool. Full time. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think I really watched anything else. I mean, it's only been three days. Uh, oh, I finished Fatal Frame. I beat Fatal Frame. And Larry started it on Saturday like he promised. So let's hear, Larry, what have you been up to this this these last three days? So TV-wise, I watched a lot of football, okay. college and pros. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been fantastic. I watched the newest episode of House of the Dragon. No spoilers for anybody. We already kind of mentioned what happened in that. Movies. I watched The Craft for the first time. That's the girls in high school, right? Yep. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. There were a lot of things about it I liked, but the biggest thing I didn't like about it is like how quickly and how nasty the girls became mean to each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we can discuss that another time. But I, I, I did like it, though. It was it was a That's solid good. movie. Yeah. It's, I, uh, I enjoy that movie. I just I haven't seen it in years. 
a project I am starting is I want to watch all the Studio Ghibli movies in order because I've never seen any of them. I tried to do that. So we watched Castle in the Sky, which is the very first Studio Ghibli movie. Is it? Uh-huh. Cord Wikipedia. Really? I always thought it was... Um, oh, what's that? Like... Uh, Na- Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Yeah, right here. I, have, uh, I went to Wikipedia mm-hmm. to find I, it. I'm on Wikipedia. List of Studio Ghibli works. Studio. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> I know I didn't fuck this up. I know I did. Yes, you did. And scroll down Wikipedia to works. Yeah. And I scroll down to feature films. The very first one is Castle in the Sky. Here, I'm going to send you a link. I don't care about your link. It's right here. Go to that very link. Very first one. Go to that link. Riveting content here, but it must be known. Okay. I have a question for you. So you see that, right? You can see my camera now? Uh, yes. You see it says feature films. This is the first one. is Castle in the Sky. Yeah. What the fuck? You see this one that says not... Because not, I tried to do this. I own a couple... Because Michelle and I had actually almost started a podcast about this. Because we started to do the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't remember the name of it. Where did but... you even go to find that link? I just Googled uh, Studio Oh, while not technically Studio Ghibli films, it includes that Nausicaa, are sometimes grouped with Studio Ghibli Library. Mm. Nausicaa was directed by Miyazaki at Topcraft, a studio which Miyazaki, Takahata, and Toshio Suzuki later purchased and renamed Studio Ghibli. As a result, the film has often been re-released and marketed as a Studio Ghibli film. So that is retroactive. So Castle in the Sky is officially the first true Studio Ghibli movie. Interesting. I've always heard really good things about whatever of the Valley of the Wind. Yeah, I like Castle in the Sky. I have one big problem with it. I got to look at Castle in the Sky because I, I haven't seen all of them. I yeah, kind of jumped I, around I, a little I won't bit. spoil it. Okay. I, I definitely think it's worth a watch. My problem with it is Anna Paquin. Oh, you watched the, voice. the... Oh, you did like the... You you dubbed it. You didn't sub it. I know. I was, yes, I was one of those... I, don't care. I, don't care. I was one of those people. Anna Paquin is the voice actress uh, mm-hmm. for the main girl. Mm-hmm. Fucking awful. Awful. Awful, um, awful. And I'm an Anna Paquin defender because Devin gives her shit because obviously I just finished watching True Blood. Yeah. Bad. Bad, 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 bad. Like really bad like takes you out of the movie at times so i will say obviously everybody's gonna tell you this my neighbor totoro is a fucking amazing movie makes me yeah, cry so, I, so the, the next one is the, the the goblins i haven't seen that one grave of the fireflies grave of the fireflies okay and then and then I, after that yeah. is totoro um kiki's is okay it's very like kid kiki's is one i've heard of prentice mononoke is one i've heard of spirited away obviously spirited away is amazing Howl's Moving Castle. 
Those are actually the only ones I've ever heard of before. Uh, pa- so. You've you've heard of Ponyo? Trust me, you just don't know it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I trust you. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I I can get them all from the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, I think they, they're all they, on they Netflix. Have, are they? In Canada, they are. <laughs> There's like a whole Studio Ghibli section in Canada. Oh wow, I didn't know that. But yeah, so anyways, but you get to go to the library, right? So yes. Which I have been spending so much time there. Okay, I watched The Black Cat from 1941. So let me tell you what I about this. I started watching it at about 10 o'clock on Saturday night. Uh, and I'm watching it, and I see my boy Bella, and I'm constantly looking for Boris Karloff, and I'm looking around, and this is like, yes, there's a black cat, and yes, there's a little bit of like magic going on, but it's pretty much just a straightforward whodunit, like a murder mystery kind of thing, trying to figure out who's going to inherit the wealth. And I was sitting here, and I'm like 90 minutes into this movie, I was like, this, this, this can't be fucking right. And so I Google it. So a little bit of fun fact for the film before we get to our review. This movie bears no relation to 1941 Black Cat, the one I watched, starring Basil Rathbone, except for the presence of Bella Lugosi in both films. Uh, yeah, so I watched the absolute wrong Black Cat. I messaged Justin around midnight, and I was like, dude, I fucked up. I hope you didn't, too. Make sure you watch the 1934 one. If it's a murder mystery, you are watching the wrong movie. And you're like, no, no, I watched the right one. So today, I watched the right Black Cat, uh, uh, and we'll be reviewing that later. Uh, games? I played a lot of rounds of Trivial Pursuit, the board game. All right on. Uh, undefeated. No one can beat me um that's it no fatal frame huh you got a week <laughs> uh, well we're gonna talk about it uh books i finished the giver the audiobook okay did you read that growing up uh i don't know is that the no i don't think so i know about it i'm pretty sure the like it giving tree or whatever a lot darker than i remembered interesting okay like literally i was like like i literally spoke out loud i was listening to it at work and i was like holy shit Mm. um very dark very dark uh but it was good i'm about over halfway done with the darth plagius book and i'm about an hour and a half to two hours into prisoner of azkaban nice um that's all i have uh I fail frame will be beat. I have I have never pushed a review. I have never failed on this podcast to date. Fatal frame will be beat. So don't you worry. What is our what is what are we switching it with? Just in case. I don't think you're going to to, but just in case. I closed the show schedule so I can't see it. I will if look we, it it, off. It, well that's the reason why we can't switch it, because it'd be hocus pocus. We can't switch it. It has to get done. Or we beat Shadow Hearts in a week, which is like a 24-hour RPG. I haven't even gotten the emulator or, whoops, the uh You can say, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, emulator, whatever. Okay, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten that set up yet. Yeah. Mm. We'll work on that. We'll, we'll I'll do that with you uh, when we record Fatal Frame. But that's all I have. Uh, let's talk about the Black Cat. Um, this is definitely a shorter one, uh, but I'm excited to talk about it. So, Justin, as soon as you're ready, hit the music.
That's it. Is it that it? Okay, I didn't know. Uh, the Black Cat, the right one, is a 1934 pre-code horror film directed by Rob Edgar G. Ulmer, and it stars Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi. Ulmer was a Jewish, Moravian, Austrian-American film director who mainly worked on Hollywood B-movies and other low-budget productions. Eventually, he earned the epithet the King of PRC due to his extremely prolific output on the said Poverty Row Studios. So PRC is Poverty Row Cinema. His stylish and eccentric works came to be appreciated by auteur theory espousing film critics in the years following his retirement. It was the first of eight films that featured the two iconic actors. Boris Karloff was an English actor who starred as Frankenstein's monster in Frankenstein in 1931, which established him as a horror icon. He reprised the role of Bride of Frankenstein in 1935, son of Frankenstein in 1939. Karloff also appeared as the original Emotep in The Mummy in 1932, and, fun fact, he voiced the Grinch as well as narrated the animated TV special Dr. Seuss is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 1966 version, the one we're kind of all familiar yeah, with, that yeah. animated version. He won a Grammy for that. Interesting. Lugosi was a Hungarian and American actor best remembered for portraying Count Dracula, the 1931 English-language Dracula. Igor in Son of Frankenstein, and his roles in many other horror films between 1931 and 1956. To Bella's frustration and all of our losses, Lugosi, who was a charter member of the American Screen Actors Guild Award, Screen Actors Guild, was increasingly restricted to minor parts because of his inability to speak the English language more clearly. That's a shame. That is really a shame. I read that today, and that really bummed me out. Yeah, man, people fucking suck. I know people fucking suck. <laughs> Facts. It was the biggest box office hit of the year for Universal Pictures, and it was one of the first films to have a continuous score throughout the movie. As mentioned earlier, Lugosi would be in a film in 1941 with the exact same name. Man, that's got to be frustrating for him. Yeah. The film helped to create and popularize a psychological horror subgenre, emphasizing it on atmosphere, eerie sounds, and the darker side of the human psyche emotions like fear and guilt to deliver the scares shot on a budget of just over ninety six thousand dollars it would gross over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars the film was released in the united kingdom under the title house of doom the film and by extension the character halsmer polzig which is boris karloff yeah draws inspiration from the life of the occultist alistair crowley Aleister Crowley was an English occultist, ceremonial magician, poet, painter, novelist, and mountaineer. He founded the religion of Philemma, identifying himself as a prophet, entrusted with guiding humanity into the Aeon of Horus in the early 20th century. A prolific writer, he published widely over the course of his life. I know any of that. I just know Alistair Crowley is like, tied to the occult. I've known like I, that's like a name I kind of hear about whenever you hear that yeah. spoken. So with that, I'm going to close my Word document in order to keep the browsers as limited as possible. <laughs> and I am going to run my stopwatch on my phone. <laughs> so Justin, as soon as you're ready, give me a three, two, one, and I will do my summary. All right, three, two, one, 
go. Newlyweds are heading off on their honeymoon vacation only to be interrupted by Bella Lugosi who sits down across from him and travels with them. As they're traveling, he talks about his wife who was taken by this mysterious person. Uh, they take a cab, or I guess not a cab, a horse and buggy away, which wrecks. The driver dies. They carry the driver to this mysterious house where Boris Karloff is in charge. We get there. We get a tour. We immediately know that Bella and Karloff know each other. When the couple go to sleep, uh, Karloff goes downstairs, and we see that he has a bunch of women dead, sitting and embalmed. Uh, we find out that Boris Karloff had killed uh, Bella Lugosi's wife. There's going to be a satanic ceremony where they're going to sacrifice Julie, who plays Joan. Uh, but Bella saves her. Her husband wakes up from getting knocked in the head, shoots Bella. But before that, I forgot to mention, Bella Lugosi skins Boris Karloff alive. Bella blows up the house and all the Satanists in it. Uh, so you kept cutting out during that, but I'm assuming you did a fantastic job. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I, I'm sure you did great. Thank you. Um, I don't, I literally can't close anything. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're you are. It's probably you know what it is. You know what I've noticed actually. It's so it's really good right now, but it's yeah. like you cl- when you close something, it almost like spikes that slow and then it like slowly starts to come back down to normal <laughs> okay yes did we like this more than seven seal yes plot wise yes hands down i agree um so when i build these obviously there are some movies that i know i want to include right there are like like i knew we were doing yeoman you know yeah. what i mean yeah, I, yeah. and i've seen the yeoman i hadn't seen seven seal and i hadn't seen the black cat Okay, but I heard that there was a religious thing about it. About it, and I also saw Karloff and Lugosi, and I was like, "Of course, yeah, okay." I think it's just a it's probably stretching our term uh, our subgenre pretty far to include this. I think this is definitely probably leaning more towards mad scientist or deranged man, but I, I do think it does hit it. Yes. Uh, very briefly. Very, very briefly. Very briefly. As soon as I saw the book, The Rights of Lucifer, I was like, thank God. Okay. We, 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 I, I have that to hang my hat on. But plot-wise, this is a very quick movie. It's like an hour and nine minutes. Yeah. It moves along very quickly. The plot is very easy to follow. It makes a lot of sense. It's a, it's a good movie. Like, it is a legitimately a good story. Yeah, like, there are things in it that, like, don't make sense at the time. Like, the two cops and, like, bickering about where the fuck they're from. Like, I don't yeah, care Yeah, that's a little hokey. But, yeah, a little hokey. But I think overall, it's a good story. And it's very well told. It is very, like, succinct. And it doesn't waste really any time. Yeah, Almost they, to a fault at some times, but... Yeah, I definitely think they probably could have added, like, 20 minutes and probably fleshed it out a little bit. Yeah. But the overall plot, like, it reminded me a little bit, I'm not sure if you got this too, of, like, uh, Rocky Horror. So, uh, Michelle and I, we watch these movies together generally, except for The Seventh Seal. I told her I wouldn't waste her time with that. Uh, uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Um, But she, she, while we were watching, was like, oh, man, this has got to be where, like, Rocky Horror got, like, a bunch of its inspirations from. Yeah. 
and it's just it's really good like we we are introduced to, to bella's character we're going mm-hmm. to this castle a little bit of a hokiness and how we get there but we get there and then him and Karloff, like they obviously know each other and it's yeah. just this really great dynamic between them they do a really really good job of like keeping the husband in the dark so that at the very end when he th- he thinks that he's attacking his wife and he shoots him i i i just there's so many very subtle things for a movie that came out almost a hundred years ago that's incredibly impressive to me like we have watched movies on this podcast that tell a story so fucking bad and to think that this was done by what was considered back then to be like a at best a b movie director mm-hmm. like this is an awesome movie like this is an awesome story like i I was enthralled. Even th- even though I was pissed off, I had to rewatch The Black Cat. And I was just sitting there like, what the yeah. fuck? And like, but I sat there and I was just enthralled the whole time. I was so, I was so happy that this was like what it actually was. I was happy it fit the subgenre. I was happy that it was a cool story. Um, maybe a little bit of a similar beat, but this was like the first one to do it. So it gets the credit for being the original originator of this plot. Um, and I think it's a good story. Like the, the evil mass, the evil scientists and all that jazz. I, I loved it. So I yeah. have nothing. I, I, yeah, it was, uh, for me personally, I wouldn't say it was amazing. Uh, it was, it was okay. It was good. It was amazing for a hundred year old movie. That's more what I mean. Okay. It was a good, it was a good movie. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't say that, but yeah, it was a good movie. Um, I, I did have like issues with like how briskly the cult was just kind of introduced and, basically non-existent in like the next two minutes um it's because bella blew him up no i i know but it didn't even like really <laughs> it didn't touch on it like at all um well i think the thing too to keep in mind is that like this is like it was pre-code but like this is american cinema back in the 1930s like i was surprised they were even talking about it they had blood in this fucking movie which also took me off guard yeah that's fair well you think it's blood could be chocolate ice cream you don't know it's true <laughs> no but yeah yeah no you're, you're right um I, I don't know it was it was good it wasn't like the best thing by any means we've ever seen but it was it is one of the more enjoyable older classics that we've seen that i've put you through yeah yeah all right i gave it an eight if i gave seven seal a seven like i i, I would watch this movie again for the pot alone yeah even I, this by itself i gave this a seven i i did enjoy it Okay, cinematography. This was something else I was really impressed by. Um, and again, I'm kind of I, we do this. I don't compare it directly to other things, but I definitely think about other things we've seen. We have critiqued some movies on this podcast that don't know how to transition scenes. Mm-hmm. They do some really clever things to transition scenes, like putting the blanket scene? over. Yes, the exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and like using music in the way. That, that staircase presents itself and Karloff going through his tomb of the embalmed women and the, them sitting there playing chess and like the profiles of different actors and stuff. It's really, really impressive. I feel like we, we talked about this in The Conjuring. It was the very first time we discussed it. James Wan does that pan through the house in the first like 10 minutes of that movie so that for the rest of the movie we know where everything is at. I think Jordan Peele did that pretty well when we did Nope recently mm-hmm. like where the, the how the house and the barn and everything was all set up with each other um he did it here too 
like I I know. Yeah, I, I think like we don't get obviously there are rooms we don't see like yeah. the garage and stuff, but yes, for the rooms that we spend any significant amount of time in, we do know like their centralized location. Yeah, and I think it, I think it's very very impressive, and that was why I was so. That's why I brought up too. Like I can't believe this director was considered like B movie director because we think of B movies now we think Ginger Dead Man we think. Tammy and the I do not consider Ginger Dead movie a B movie. That is like a D and a half movie at best. Half a D at best. Well, fine. So Tammy and the T-Rex, Blair Witch Book of Shadows, like some of the real shit of the shit that we have watched on here. And it's just like, this was like a really good movie. Well, sorry, this was a, it was maybe because I was just so happy it was decent, but like it was shot well, even though it was black and white, we still got a lot of dimension. We were able to tell people's characters separately, which was really important because I think a lot of time in these movies, characters can overlap. Yeah. But everybody is so distinct, especially since we have Karloff and Lugosi, and obviously their profiles, they're, they're just very knowable, and our other characters are very different from them. But I just, I truly thought that this was a really, really, really well shot movie. It was better shot than Seven Seal, and I stand by that. Yeah, I agree with that. I honestly, I do really do not have anything to add to that, yeah. that you haven't said. Eight and a half. I give it a seven again. I think it was very well done. Audio. Um, <laughs> we are going to differ here. Probably. So the first thing I want to say is the score was awesome. Just a bunch of classical music. I gave a chuckle when they played the song that I contribute to Dracula. The da 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 da. Whatever that song is, the boom, 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 boom. Carlos playing it on the on the piano. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I hear that song, I and I think of Dracula, so it was just very funny that I was in this movie with Dracula. <laughs> uh, but so that's to the side. I love this. I love the score. Thought it was fantastic. I'm going to guess you disagree with me here. I thought Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff were amazing when those two were on the screen. No, I, 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 was I think just... they. I think they are definitely the standouts. They are who gets my points here. Uh, but uh, I, no, I, I truly, yeah. I think they, I, honestly, they were. I have said that I, I when we watched uh, Dracula, mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of Bela Lugosi. Yeah, I, I think he does a very, very good job here. Yeah, you feel his pain. I, yeah. I think it's very cool because we're used to him, or we had this idea of him being a villain, and he's definitely like painted as this like mysterious almost like bad guy but he's not right yeah he's there to seek revenge for his family and i find it so it's what made me so sad when i was taking these notes to find out that hollywood typecast him yeah and that not only that was he typecast but they wouldn't give him a chance because he couldn't speak english very clearly yeah like he was putting so much heart and passion and feeling into this role of the grieving husband who was sent away by the guy who betrayed his men and his family to the Russians during World War One, and like his confrontation and like knowing that he has to like play along with Boris Karloff's game until the absolute right moment, and like even though it was a little bit goofy, the shadow of him using a scalpel to skin him, I- I'm chalking it up to it being from the 30s, but like the 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 act of him putting him into the rack and d- talking about skinning him yeah that was amazing that was astounding i also think boris karloff his, his presence he's almost his, 
he's very evil and like he just exudes out everything he says like we know not to trust him from the get-go like we we are cautious about bella but we know we can't trust boris karloff and i i don't know it's in those two just playing off each other the whole time i was blown away i was truly blown away because this is the first movie I think I have seen, especially since I've been older, of those two together. Obviously, there's other ones that they are in it together. Not Black Cat from 1941. <laughs> uh, Horace Karloff does not show up in that film. Uh, no, I... I was just so pleased. There was a smile on my face when those two on the screen together. I agree that they are the strongest actors here. And I think, I do think, I do genuinely think that... Uh, Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff did a fantastic job here. I can see <laughs> and I can guess that you probably didn't like our newlyweds. There is a lot of people in this movie I didn't like. <laughs> go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, anybody else. <laughs> oh, come uh, on. No, I really, they were you like. You didn't like the henchmen? No. God, no. The lurches? No. How about uh, our cab driver? Uh, No. And I didn't like the cops. The one thing I will say for Boris Kolov, fucking Bella Lugosi straight up fucking shoots a cat. Or sorry, throws a knife throws at a cat. Throws a knife at a cat. And kills, kills it. it. Nothing. Everybody is cool as a cucumber. Everybody. Even the husband who doesn't know who they both are. That frustrated the fuck out of me. It's like, Cats are evil, bro. It's okay. Oh, my God. Imagine if they had done that to Jonesy. Imagine if they had tossed that cat Jonesy out the window. On the spaceship, there'd be a fucking. There would have been a riot. There would have been so many more people who survived that alien attack. <laughs> I'm not getting. I'm, no. <laughs> uh, no, I literally Bella and Boris Karloff were the only takeaways here for me. I I really didn't even enjoy the score. Really? Uh really. I don't think it was. Like yeah, it's classical music, and it's like not like I do enjoy. Listen, like I listen to classical music at work sometimes. Yeah, we, we talk about it. Yeah, but it is not its own thing, and it does. When I listen to classical music, I am not going to think of the Black Cat. It is not like its own piece of like music brought in to the world, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did not hate the other actors as much. They were what I expected them to be for this time period, right? Karloff and Lugosi are your main characters. Everyone else is kind of dressing, and I felt they were a fine dressing. They were a dot. They were as long as you go to this town for your vacation. No, go to this town. It's much better. It's, much it's more what beautiful. I expect from the movie. That's what I expect from a thirties movie. Unfortunately, I do too. So I was like, oh, who am I going to hate this time? <laughs> Turns so out everybody. <laughs> so I think we're going to differ here again. I gave it an eight, and that is mainly from Boris and Lugosi. I gave it a five because I think those two were half, half of the film and they were fantastic. The other half of the film would get a zero if I could, but no, it's it gets a five for those two alone. Okay. How scary? Do you want me to go curious. first? I'm curious, yeah. I, I found this to be more kind of like almost in a way uh obviously not to the same extreme but almost like a godzilla i found it to be more like the thought of something is scary or like suggestively scary but i don't think there was anything really here for me um 
even like the dead, even the dead bodies, like it really bugs me when there's dead bodies and they're breathing. It, yeah, and like it also took me a moment to realize they were dead and not just like snow whited uh, or whatever. So that's what I thought because they were like le- legitimately just like very heavily breathing. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's like, yeah. But then I found out they're supposed to be dead. I was like, oh, yeah. Anyways, but uh, no, I, I really do not think that. And I, I'm, I'm fully with you there. I definitely think it's more implication than anything else. Like, but like I mentioned, this is the film credited kind of creating that psychological horror, mm-hmm. right? This is the first movie that kind of said, all right, we need you to kind of go with us here. Like, we're not going to do stingers to scare you. We're not going to do all this shit. We're going to make you go on a journey. Yeah. I think with actors who weren't Lugosi and Karloff, I think that would have failed. I think it could have been better if we had better performances from the Honeymooners. I, I, I do think that the Honeymooners were a weak link here. I'm not going to say this is super scary, and it definitely didn't have the impact that like Godzilla did have or King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it is objectively more scary than Seven Seal. I agree, but I... I mean, both of the both of them are like on the same level. Well, no, uh, yeah, both of them are on the same level for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did find it scary. I I do scary. I find it relatively scary. <laughs> I, I'm not going to sit here and give this fucker a nine or a, or an eight like I have been. Like I'm not I'm not going to do that. But I I do think that there is a lot of really good stuff here. I do think we can see. Like the roots of the psychological horror drama, I think we can definitely see some religious tie-in to the Satanism and sacrificing, and like Boris Karloff's character obviously like betraying all the men in order to like get this piece of land and the house being cursed. There's a lot of things here that really add well. I think not really knowing where Lugosi stands with everything throughout the whole time adds a lot of suspense to it as well. Is this a, a scary movie? No. Is this one I'm going to say watch if you want to be afraid? No. But it is scarier to me than Seven Seal, and I yeah. don't think it's even like like that's, that's even a hard conversation. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So I give it a four. I give it a one. I mean, it's just it's it's a little bit of a again continuing the although this is up from Seven Seal for me. Continuing that slow burn so at the start of the season. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a one and a half because it's got to be a little <laughs> bit better than the seventh seal. But still, that slow. I'm still waiting for. The so this, season this is to not really going to get off. the. This is not uh, up for Annie Wilkes because uh, seventh seals are split differential. We're farther there. Yeah, fair enough. We were only twenty apart here. We were thirty apart on seventh seal. Jesus, yeah, that fucking. Okay. Black Cat for plot, mm-hmm. I gave it eight. You gave it a seven for cinematography. I gave it eight and a half. You gave it a seven for audio. I gave it an eight. You gave it a five. And for how scary, I gave it a four. You gave it a one and a half. That gives it a here's Johnny final score of a sixty-one. Do do do. It's tied with a absolute shitload of things. Is sixty-one like our average? Uh, I haven't done the statistics, but I can. I'll find out for next week. It is Tahoe. No, fun. don't do that because I need you to beat Fatal for him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it is Tahoe. Oh my God, are you ready? Are you ready for emails? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, let's do this. All right, it is tied with the X Files movie, Scream yeah. Four, Resident Evil Code Veronica, Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, and the one that is making me chuckle. Bloodborne. 
Oh, man. We're going to start that hate train all over again, huh? And I'm telling you right now, I would watch this movie again before I ever played Bloodborne again. Yeah, I agree. Right above it was 62. We have two movies, The Boy and the original Night of the Living Dead. And right below it was 60s. We have Resident Evil Zero and The Day the Earth Stood Still. Hmm. And I think this is a better movie than The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah, I agree. So that's all we got for the Black Cat review. We're going to play a commercial and head on in to the closing. Ghosts. Split souls. Monsters. Sociopathic villains. Cold-blooded murders. And nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. Since we had a Harry Potter commercial, I want to tell you a quick story. I had my buddy come over who's also a fan of the Miami Dolphins. Okay. And we watched the game yesterday, and he saw that I had just gotten Trivial Pursuit, and he wanted to play because he thought he could beat me. Uh, he did not. Uh, he didn't even get close. Uh, I I really like trivia. I really like trivia. And then he was talking trash, and he saw in my cupboard that I also have a Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit. And he's like, oh, smoke your ass. And I was like, you don't want this. You don't want to. You don't want to do this. And Devin's like, you don't want to. You don't want to do that. And he's like, no, no, I got him. He sits down, and immediately he realizes he fucked up because it's not the movies; it's the books. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Waylon, I reread these books once a year, and I have since the third grade. And I proceeded to miss two questions and win the whole game <laughs> and those two questions were on like technicalities <laughs> how did he feel after that uh he went home <laughs> <laughs> he was very mad he was talking all this shit and i was like bro i am telling you you warned it him. Is... in all fairness you warned him i i did and honestly it is like the Harry Potter got me through a lot. I am an apologist for it in a lot of ways. Um, and he's <laughs> just like, no, I, I can't. No, man. I, it's like, okay. It's like, wait. It's like, wait, this that wasn't in the movies? And I was like, yeah, I know. This is the books, friend. <laughs> sit, sit down. We're going for a ride. Oh, man. Poor we're guy. Going, we're going for a journey. So, next week, we're going to do Fatal Frame. I have a question for you while we're sitting here. Are you okay to record on Thursday instead of Wednesday? Next week? Yeah, we were supposed to record on Wednesday because I was going to go to that drag charity show, but they sold out before we got tickets. So, I can record on our normal Thursday. That's okay. Maybe. If you've Let already get... made plans. I I feel like I have, but I'm not sure. I know that's the day I have to go for my ultrasound. Okay. My shoulder. Um. Just find out. I know we yeah, are planning I'll, I'll, on it, but, but yeah. since we couldn't get the tickets, I'm good to go that Thursday, too. Okay. I'll, I'll let you know in, like, tomorrow. Yeah, e- either way, we told you we'd be fine. Um, yeah, if you played Fatal Frame, send us an email about it. Like, I'm, I am very, I, I know I've been putting it off. I also put off control. Like, 
That's yeah. when Justin told me it was like five and a half hours. Like that's me sitting down for two nights. Yeah. Like that's me sitting down for two nights with shit going wrong because I don't have kids. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. I don't have kids. I don't have homework, so I know I can sit down and just plow it. So I will say that five and I, so I shared that my screenshot with you. I think it was yeah. like five hours and forty something minutes. Uh huh. That I did have to restart two times, so that's more like seven hours. I found a long play of it. Okay. Uh, on YouTube, which I'm playing on, like sitting here at my desk and like playing it while also having the long play running side by side. The long play was four hours and fifty eight minutes. So I want to add two hours to that and think it's like 6.48, 7 uh, max. No, honestly, because uh, my time is also uh, I didn't pause it and I just put the control down. I walked away and like went and made lunch and ate it and okay. I came back up and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so it's probably, so, yeah. yeah you're good. I, I, that's something I'm worried about it because honestly, honestly, I beat Blasto when my dog was in the hospital dying. I'm pretty sure I could beat Fatal Frame. Oh yeah, Fatal Frame is just resource man. And like I told, I told you what I told you about the last chapter. Yes, it's a fucking joke, <laughs> really. Uh, so yeah, you'll be good. Yeah. Okay. So that's all we have for this week. I do have a campfire question. It's going to be a little be it will be less heavy than the ones we've had before. Okay, I might also have a counter question for you. Perfect. Perfect. So everyone, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you, Eddie, for the email. If you watch the Black Cat, guys. It's a solid ass movie. It is a solid ass movie, and I highly recommend it. Like it is, it's an hour long. It's Bella Lugosi yeah, and Boris Karloff. It it it's good. It is legitimately yeah. a good movie. So, uh, everyone have a good rest of your week. And until next time, I'm not going to forget this time. <laughs> stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. You guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We aren't looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tears, so head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later. Bye.